Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jules Gill, the biggest thing possibly in history happened this week, in terms, especially oh, in, in entertainment sorry, history. What, what, sorry, what, what? sorry, about I'm interrupting you straight away because I thought Go you on. were actually just going to flatter my ego then. Just say, Jules Gill, the <laughs> biggest thing to happen to the video game industry. But no, apparently I know what you're talking about. No, I'm, you're sl- I'm a little bit upset. Little He's bit slightly upset. lower down on the rung than Xbox <laughs> buying Activision, <laughs> making Call of Duty an Xbox franchise. I actually couldn't believe this you know, was happening, considering that there were so many rumors doing the rounds across <laughs> last year. Jules is doing various mind blown i was gonna say animations that's how i'm doing it for uh, from the tim and eric show the classic mind blown <laughs> thing like <laughs> Yeah, that was like, because we, we were uh, doing the main podcast, me, Ben Roy, and uh, Josh on the Wednesday, or maybe, no, sorry, it was Tuesday afternoon when it broke, mm-hmm. and uh, you can watch the live reaction thing over on Twitter, because I just thought it'd be funny to put our video side of it up, of me just going like, that what? That makes no sense. Like, that's ins- <laughs> that's so crazy. I was shaking after that thing, running down to the downstairs studio, because I'm in the office at the minute, yeah. and um, and just grabbing Josh and being like, come in here, we need to do this thing, oh my god. And, Josh, uh, I need you now! <laughs> just like, put up the, uh, the Josh symbol, like, sign it across the, the sky and he comes in but yeah this thing is uh, easily you know it is literally factually the biggest uh, transaction in gaming history 68.7 billion dollars little finger territory mm-hmm. and it just is like, like, like all the questions that we got this week because uh, i haven't even mentioned this is the entitled banner podcast i'm scott <laughs> tilford joined by jules gale they know what they're here for they know what they're here <laughs> for the banter and so every week we ask people what they'd like us to talk about and it can be literally anything but mm-hmm. the vast majority of questions inquiries whatever talking points are all centered around this thing because there's so many variables to it like obviously it's a massive umbrella acquisition but there's mm-hmm. so many ips in there and it also uh, points to the idea of uh, microsoft slash xbox having a monopoly on the gaming industry itself which is an ongoing thing um yeah. there's all these conversations around how it affects american law and whether the deal will actually go through but at the minute it seems like it will and it'll close around about june time next year amazing amazing <laughs> stuff because i have a lot of thoughts on this and yes, I'm hoping please do. That the, um... i've not talked to you about it so what do you think well, I actually, uh, I kind of on the one hand think it is amazing that one company mm. can have this much purchasing power to literally buy up most of the uh, highest grossing the video game IPs the industry has to offer. Mm. Um, it does, like you say, raise a lot of questions over whether or not it's ethical in terms of like it's a, it's turning the market into a, a monopoly. Mm. But at present, there's nothing to stop them from doing this because there's like there is a, a sense of you can't say uh, to other people that I'm buying up, uh, sorry, that I'm 
the sole producer of this type of thing and make yeah. yourself into a monopoly that way because Sony and Nintendo definitely exist in the conversation as well as Sega and other publishers as well. But being able to just do that and say like, hey, you know when you made fun of me, Sony, for not having any exclusives? <laughs> yeah. How about I buy everything and then you don't have any exclusive whatsoever? I just there's okay, so we'll get we'll um we'll thread through some different questions. Because sure. I that's the thing. I was I was telling uh, Cleary about this because he was just like, What's going on? Help me understand this, oh dear lord. And then he was like, Is this a good thing? And obviously a lot of people who are more casual gamers or just people in general are like, What does this mean? Is it a good thing? Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, I do think it's a good thing right now. I think that I personally have a lot of faith in Phil Spencer, I have a lot of faith in where the Xbox brand is and i think that they just want to do right by people if you look at spencer's history like he came up from the beginnings of xbox like i'm sure he started as a coder and um, yeah. his, his head is very much in the right place he's not a soulless weird evil smeagol businessman like bobby kodak is and uh, I think dot, that, dot dot yet dot dot yes, dot yet yes yes <laughs> well yeah spencer yeah yeah exactly that's the thing i guess we'll see how it goes but right now dude seems like he knows what people want um, and all the interviews he's done over the years have only ever reinforced that. So I have mm-hmm. faith in him. And I think that when you look at a deal like this, um, it's like it's only as good as the person at the top. And he is very much at the top of the whole thing. And obviously his early comments uh, since the deal um, you know, got announced the other day is like, well, I'm going to sit down with all these different teams, see what they want to do, see what they weren't able to do before, and greenlight yep. all this stuff. Which should mean Crash Bandicoot, Tony Hawk, Spyro, True Crime, whatever. Whatever those teams want to do um, can now exist again. And so I'm up for that. And I also think you can fold in all the Activision stuff, however how horribly abusive Activision had become, how yeah. creatively devoid they were. Kind um, of surprised yeah. that his, the first thing to come out of it, obviously, it, the first thing that should come out of this deal is that Bobby should be given his marching orders yes. um, because like, if they want to make sure that Activision's uh, PR worth is increased, then mm-hmm. they need to make sure that they are making big changes around early. That. Yeah, it well, seems like he's going to be going at the end of the deal next year. I was about to say, they're dancing around it because of the fact it's not a sure thing at the moment, and you don't really want to go in and start slandering the mm-hmm. person that uh, is the head of probably the biggest decision-making power in that group. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, as, as much as all of the reports around Bobby are, you know, <laughs> I am not arguing with them, I'm not disagreeing no. with them in the slightest, you can't just uh, do that straight away before you own the company. Saying the to somebody, is, I'm going to fire you the moment well, that yeah, I that's, the keys. That's what people would like, love to see. Like He comes in, kicks Bobby out the back door and goes, yeah. right then, what are the Skylanders or whatever we're doing. Yeah, um, Skylanders. Let's do, let's do a new Spyro. <laughs> <laughs> let's do a new Singularity HD remake while we're on. Oh, but, um, but yeah, that's the thing. There's been more reports came out. Eventually we put some stuff together. Jeff Grubb put some stuff together uh, in regards to Kodak was apparently looking to sell Activision anyway when he realized mm-hmm. that all the allegations, all the abuse stories, all the stuff that was surrounding Activision's uh, PR couldn't be salvaged. Apparently he was looking into buying Kotaku and some other outlets to try and manufacture positive press and he was also oh, looking to sell so, Activision. Mate, that so, is such a slimy move. Oh dude, it's like full on like the jiggers up, evil kingpin at the top of the tower is trying to like put, flush all the cocaine down the toilet before oh, he like man. jumps out the window. So like that was very much how the deal came about. Apparently Xbox got wind of it. EA were also in the running to potentially buy it. Um, Xbox got wind of it. Phil Spencer then spent his holiday break putting the whole thing together mm-hmm. and now here we are. So um, um, that's the whole thing. Kodak was was literally just realized he couldn't salvage Activision and needed to get rid of it ostensibly. So there is all that stuff. But to bring some people's um, thoughts in, because um, again, like, I want to know more of what you think, but I think it'll come out sure. as we of course. Uh, dive through stuff. Um, so Pinky uh, submitted a question just saying, legend. how nervous are you? Absolute legend. Uh, how nervous are you about Microsoft monopolizing the gaming industry? Monopolies are rarely a good thing in any industry. We touched on that before, but yeah. how much more power do you think this actually does give them in like a day-to-day basis, I guess? Well, I feel like if they're going to 
come in and like say clean house and start changing things and regulate it to the Microsoft way of thinking, then we might actually see uh, the negative side of monopoly, which is a homogeneity between titles because um, everything starts to resemble everything else. It's the Ubisoft formula that we have known and hated for many, many years. Um, but I do think that there are still big competitors in the market, enough so that Microsoft can't be seen as the sole gaming guy there. I mean, Nintendo kind of operates on their own a galaxy, basically. They kind of <laughs> exist uh, alongside them, and they have such, as we've discussed in previous podcasts, such a rabid and devoted fan base that I don't think that they'll ever be in any risk of being bought out or conforming to what other stuff is going on in the market. No. Sony is, uh, I feel that like the biggest blow of this is Sony because obviously their stock prices drop significantly afterwards, but I do not think for a second that this is them out of the running or being no, put no. into a significant second place. Mm -hmm. If anything, this is just level the play playing field from the amazing amount of sequel sorry amazing amount of first party produced and exclusive titles that they already have they've built up a overwhelming amount of uh, good pr and press with their uh, sort of for the players movement that they've yep. done so i do think that uh, going forward sony isn't really going to be feeling that much of this yes they will experience a lot, a lot of deals there will be there will be a lot of uh, people looking at it thinking right okay so no Bethesda titles on this no um, Activision titles on this that isn't actually true because mm. as we have just seen with God of War making its way to PC relationships mm. are only as good as the money that can be made for them mm. and and Microsoft is not a stupid company it may make some very weird decisions from time to time <laughs> aka the HoloLens but yes. they are only interested in making as much money as possible and getting their products out in front of as many people therefore mm. it will only ever be probably timed exclusives for a lot of these things and it will only ever be very very uh, exclusive stuff if it is like first party stuff like master chief in halo that will probably See, always remain as an xbox thing but mm -hmm. i do not think that some of the major activision stuff like for example in the in the acquisition mm -hmm. technically they will be buying the rights to sekiro shadows die twice so that means that because that was an activision led title um, God, I guess that depends on the specific contract that FromSoft did with them. But yeah, true. They they maybe. may gain the rights to that, for example. Mm -hmm. So does that mean that uh, Sekiro 3 would be an Xbox uh, exclusive? Probably <laughs> not, because it no. makes no sense to put it as that, because it has a wider reach if you put it out to a wider market. And mm -hmm. let's face it, it's still a niche title within God, the, the ground Sekiro. That's a really good yeah. point. I, yeah. I think in that case, um, you could obviously probably go and Google that stuff. I, I would imagine that Hidetaka Miyazaki retains the rights to Sekiro, and that'd be the deal that they did with them, because I'm pretty sure they yeah. own... Uh, I think Sony owned Bloodborne because they specifically helped develop it. But I True. would imagine that um, Sekiro... But that's a really good idea, though. That's a really good example, though, of like the wider reaching ramifications of mm -hmm. all those publisher deals now have and more weight. Didn't um, Bethesda uh, recently state that Starfield was coming to other consoles and other platforms? No, so that's that's gone. That's the whole thing. That's the interesting part of this, is that when all of this stuff happened with Bethesda last year, there was all these conversations around, does this mean that Bethesda stuff is now Xbox exclusive? Mm -hmm. And Phil Spencer and all the Xbox people danced around that for a while. Then they finally did a, um, a video they put out in March last year where they were all sitting around. It was like Todd Howard, Pete Hines, you know, Bethesda people, um, and Phil Spencer, and they talked about, um, they like narrowed it down to um, all Bethesda games will be available on platforms where Game Pass exists. Exists. And I think that's the phrasing because okay, my, my long-term prediction is that all of this isn't to necessarily squeeze Sony out of the industry or Nintendo no. or whatever, but it is to put Call of Duty, Diablo, big Overwatch, whatever, on Game Pass with Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Doom, and then go, oh, if you want this, it's going to be on Game Pass and you'll pay us to put Game Pass on PlayStation. I 100% agree with you because yes. that is the... Uh 
streaming services like this or like um, game library formats, mm. they are the way forward. Um, mm. I don't think that necessarily it's the best thing for the industry in the long run because you start getting like so many of these subscription models that it so actually is such a, it's, minute, it's a yeah. weight on the uh, the uh, consumer. Mm -hmm. But in terms of being able to say, listen, we have all of these exclusives, we have all of these amazing titles and a backlog of games as well. Mm -hmm. PlayStation owners, you can have them, but only if Sony ponies up the doll and doesn't deal with us where we get a percentage of each thing. That would be my guess. Because they just uh, did. They stand, to... they, stand, they stand to just like uh, end the console war after almost creating <laughs> it in that sense by just saying, look, it, it's games for everyone. Yeah. Sony's just got to play ball with us. Kind of, yeah, that, and that would be the way that they would spin it as well. I mean, done, there was a thing, uh, I think it was late last night, where Phil Spencer said he got off the phone uh, with Mr. Sony with a specific person up at the high end. So he's talking about the exclusivity Woke side him up. of it. Yeah, this little like, <laughs> night cap on. He was still like, what's up? <laughs> Give him a little prod, yeah. uh, worm style, and just said. So they, apparently they organized something where um, Spencer said that they have no intention to, uh, you know, uh, separate communities. They have no intention to um, separate things off PlayStation. But they, he did say variations of this um, about the Bethesda stuff too. Until eventually they said that specific phrasing of available mm -hmm. on platforms where Game Pass exists. For me, that's their master plan. That's their Machiavellian eight years in the making plan. Like we bought Bethesda, we bought Activision. We might go out there and buy Capcom and Sega. Like whatever. They're going to lock it down to Game Pass and then put that on everything there was already that rumor that game pass was going to be on switch and i feel like that's the way to get call of duty on switch which would be a humongous deal and so that's my overall um thoughts on that particular thing but um oh go on there was one thing that uh, does worry me a little bit mm. and that is that when you look across the acti blizzard um collaboration of games that they've got and uh, there is a lot of microtransaction riddled uh, yes. games and freemium software obviously in the uh, deal they'll be getting the candy crush saga stuff yeah, whatever they call it. Yeah, like yeah. like again that is a incredible money spinner but it is mm -hmm. the most deplorable game if you can call it that <laughs> format i've ever seen now i was funny worry... when they compared all their libraries and it was like elder like all the elder scroll stuff yeah. from bethesda call of duty whatever and then just a candy crush saga farm saga whatever yeah, i was yeah. like they're not on the same level lads. but they Take are making the bank at the oh, moment oh they do yeah and this is the thing i think that um as much as i'd like to see microsoft go in and clean up this uh sort of approach to microtransactions as has been shown with uh, halo infinite's rather horrible uh attempt Horrendous. to have their, yeah. their store and then the people weren't paying enough so they're like right we'll just slash the prices won't fix it sort of thing mm -hmm. i worry that microsoft hand being handed all of these microtransaction riddled goodies uh, mm. may end up making things worse and not better by i think they won't address them they won't see this as being like right it's a return to the good old days nah nah mm. they're just going to double down on what these franchises are known for right now that's the thing that's what's really interesting is that like a lot of those microtransactions a lot of those things are put in there to you can argue um you know justify the development cost justify the turnaround try and satisfy the shareholders there's so many shareholders that have got used to a certain bottom line and like there are so many mouths to feed if you go down that mm -hmm. route um, that this deal then needs to satiate. And you would assume that Game Pass or whatever access, you know, whatever monetary models Xbox put together still works enough to satiate the, the Call of Duty shareholders or yeah. whatever. And so I think that stuff will get cleaned up because on a sheer brand level, they won't want that stuff associated with Xbox anymore. It's why I think Starfield mm. will be immaculate when it comes out because they can't have a broken Bethesda game front at Xbox anymore. Now, like I, think, I think the brand saves a lot of stuff. You say that, but um, as we were discussing uh, previously off camera, mm. Halo in it, it's, it's, it's showing its uh, flaws very openly. It's off, and, might say, like, yeah. I, I, I can't believe that I, it, my reaction was when we listed it as our like game of the year. I was like, what? Number two. Like, it's, it's number, number two. two, sorry. It's a good game. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I enjoy it and I, I still enjoy like playing 100 it. hours in it, but I, yeah. It's but, I just, but there's a lot of it that just isn't up to the standard that I expected from a title and an IP. And, mm -hmm. no, and like with all the monetary backing that this mm -hmm. thing had, 
And I worry that it's just like, okay, so you had all of this time, you had all of this money, and you still were forced to meet deadlines, and you were still forced to cut corners here thing. and there. And I'm yeah. just like, Microsoft should have been looking at this. It's its flagship yeah. IP, and they they didn't bungle it, but it wasn't the it's best. It's weird, it's right? Than Halo Five. But mm -hmm. that isn't much of a challenge in the ground. No, no. The, the thing that's weirdly fascinating about that is that Phil Spencer and the and the top tier people were so hands off with that. So obviously, to the point where they weren't checking in every few months and they mm -hmm. weren't like you know prodding three four three, going, "Have you fixed it yet? Have you fixed it yet?" Until they got literal weeks before it was about to be shown. Then we got that horrible demo in twenty twenty or whatever it was, yeah. um, that was half broken. And then all of a sudden, it was, "Oh my god, you guys do need help." Okay, Joseph Staten's coming back. Yep. You're getting a one year delay. We'll do a free to play model for the multiplayer. And then they did that. You would assume that they learn from that but the takeaway i get from that is that phil and the top tier people are incredibly hands-off they're not like ubisoft executives where they go in and um, like that sergey haskaway guy was doing in ubisoft yeah. and going make it like the formula over and over again and so that hands-off approach obviously can lead to last minute stuff but you would that's a really valid point that i yeah i personally think halo infinite is an absolute mess it's not a it's a mess i love to play yeah. but every other part <laughs> of it is abysmal like i really want to do an editorial on how much of a mess that thing is i, I yeah. think that the, the fairest way to describe halo infinite if it sounds like we're bagging on this it's just it's <laughs> it's far cry infinite that's the best oh, way yeah, to describe yeah, yeah, it yeah. and it's just like in the multiplayer is stellar but that's it the gameplay is stellar everything else is horrible the microtransaction models the, the skins mm. the way the armor works it's horrible um but yeah that's the thing i think a lot of that is 343 and not the overarching uh company but they should have they should have got more invested in that yeah. um, and that's a very valid point as to the microtrans like what, what microtransactions they let get they get away with mm. um but it's interesting because halo infinite reviewed very well and because it plays very well it arguably skirted by a lot of that you know, FU response that the yeah. likes of a Ghost Recon got or something or Anthem or Avengers or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting to um, think about how the, the Xbox brand will come across, like especially because Bethesda are such in such a weird spot, but now they have to be the face of Xbox. Do you know what the funniest thing was? Is that you and mm. I were talking a while back about like uh, mascots and which yes. mascot defines which console. They've mm. kind of just bought like five or six of them. Bill Spencer is Xbox's like, mascot. Yeah, he's yeah he's the mascot for sure now. But it's like <laughs> they they bought Crash Bandicoot. They finally have Crash Bandicoot as the Xbox mascot, which makes <laughs> no sense to my childhood lizard brain. I'm just like, it what is, is weird. I think because I would assume at this point that they they re green light the Tony Hawk's three and four remakes that we mm. were likely going to get before they took that, I think it's Vicarious Visions, off of those games to make more Call of Duty. I think all that stuff will get spread out again. And I think that's what he's referencing when he says he wants to sit down with the teams and what do you guys want to work on that isn't Call of Duty? I and know, maybe man. Raven get to make a game again, like they had Ultimate Alliance and, and Singularity. Maybe they get to do something that would be cool. Um, High Moon can do something for a change. Like, there's so many, so many creative people that have just been bolted to Call of Duty for years and years and years. Um, and you would, you would assume that that um, changes something. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, and fold something else in, a question from the Bright Side of History, who says, Big love to the boys. Thanks for the consistently awesome evergreen <laughs> evergreen content. Is Nintendo going to come out of this as a dark horse and blow it all out the water? Now, the, the Nintendo is an interesting thing. Like you said, they're like an island unto themselves. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious that they, on the same day this all went down, they put a Banjo-Kazooie trailer out. Because they're yeah. just like, oh, yeah, just, that's what we do. If you want to play <laughs> N64 Banjo in HD, that's what we've got for you. Which is and, you know, and you know what? How can you argue with that? It's like one of the greatest <laughs> reviewed and most beloved video games ever made. And they've yeah. just gone like, it's like, oh, yeah, 70 billion. But does it buy you this much nostalgia? <laughs> so is it going to stick with you as much as uh, the sound effects and everything from Banjo? Maybe but, in um, the distance yeah. as the uh, the coins are being like handed over between Microsoft <laughs> and Activision. <laughs> Listen, it just goes... <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of Phil Spencer <laughs> when he sleeps. That's his snore noise. But yeah, I think um, the Nintendo are going to keep doing Nintendo. If you look at the amount of money they've got, um, there was a whole statistic that did the rounds back when the Wii U was failing, saying mm-hmm. that they could afford so many hundreds or thousands of Wii U-sized failures before they would even like feel a dent. Like Nintendo goes back, I forgot the, the actual origin of them is, but I'm sure it's over 100 years. They have a lot of capital. Yeah, like, man. They're okay. Um, and thankfully, again, it's as good as the person at the top. Shigeru Miyamoto is a good person. He's a gamer. He's not bothered about monetizing stuff into the ground, even though they do make stupid decisions every now and then, like timed exclusivity for the Mario yeah. 64 re-releases. Overall, as a company, they prioritize gameplay, which is the, the main thing. Well, look at their library as well. Um, there's yeah. a reason why their titles are still so expensive on the secondhand markets, mm-hmm. because they are first-party titles, and it just is this weird mythos that's being built up around them. Mm-hmm. So, because of the fact that Nintendo has weirdly become so known for its own exclusives and its a, a strange approach to gameplay... They exist like in a microcosm yeah. that isn't affected by any of this. They also because dominate like, the handheld market as well. They could literally look at that 70 billion and say no, because what they offer <laughs> is something that is unique in the gaming industry. Yeah. The way that you play the games, the handheld market, the uh, motion control stuff, the mm-hmm. the crazy ideas, the fact that they have kept their sole 
real true and blue mascot in the form of Mario mm. away from every other console apart mm. from strange like crossover stuff that's like the um the Olympics the games stuff. and stuff like that oh, like yeah. they they've kept it away from everything mm-hmm. and it's been so clever this careful protection of their own brand image mm-hmm. that it's like it just cultivates a level of monetary worth like yeah. it is priceless right now well they have such a specific feel as well when you get a nintendo console there's a specific feel that comes with that mm. there's a specific feeling to the ip that you suddenly see on the storefronts and the way that it's all organized and like i said like you said the way those games play there is still that nintendo seal of quality that just isn't in a lot of third party stuff you would kind of hope in that regard that xbox being behind all this stuff they ostensibly do at the bare minimum a halo infinite style approach to yeah. whatever it is get it to a certain level um, Halo Infinite is at a level that is playable, and I guess that's the bare minimum. It's just the but more stuff should have been done. Doesn't that blow your mind that you mm. look back at the Mario games, the Mario catalog of games, right? Mm-hmm. And I challenge you to pick me out a truly bad game out right. of there because I know that I might a lot say of people. Sunshine, but I know a lot yeah, of people but, like it. But, but that's the thing that you might say that, but it's not like bad <laughs> no, it's not by, a, that by bad. a standard. It's bad for a Mario game, but mm. that's holding into it a completely different standard. Like mm-hmm. in terms of 3D action platformer style stuff. It's still far superior. Oh, dude! If you like, if it came on now, yeah, it would still largely keep up with the most of the stuff that's released like today. Like, it's it, yeah. But that's the thing. But like, that's obviously where their focus is going to be. I I just love that. It was like hours after the deal broke, they were like, "Banjo, anyone want to be banjo?" uh, Because that's what we've got. That's what we're doing. Yeah, and uh, that's entirely their thing. Um, a a question from Josh Wild who says, "Crash Bandicoot is now an Xbox mascot." Opinions on a Microsoft version of Smash Brothers. Um, also, what old Activision title would you like to see back again? Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. now I have a list of everything that Activision acquired, but what do you think of the Microsoft Smash Brothers idea? I'd love the idea of that, but I do feel like, um, I don't know, man. The Smash <laughs> Brothers concept, like every some, single time I see it, when it's like, oh, it's the Nickelodeon Toon Bash or Warner Brothers, <laughs> Big Bang, Bazinga Bean Slap-a-roo. Boys. Like, like uh, I, I just look at it and just go like, yeah, cool. You've, sure. you've made a bad fighting game effectively. Because, is, Nint- because let's face it, yes. Smash Brothers is... If you are good at Smash Brothers, you will dominate your yeah. friends on it because it's like the learning curve is incredibly steep and learning all of the like learning to thirty years on, to understand it. Learning, focusing on that tiny bit of action when the screen is as big as like your TV, <laughs> it's I can't focus on it. I'm bad mm-hmm. at the game and I completely uh, admit to that. But I have mm-hmm. so much fun playing it. Every other sort of ripoff or imitation that I've played since, I'm just like. I'm not having as much fun in here. Yes. Oh, I well, can be I can be super shag and go around <laughs> slapping people as shaggy. Like, oh, fantastic. But that is like a 10-minute gimmick. Whereas yeah. like I will gladly pick up uh, the controllers, play as Little Mac, even though he's bad in that. Just do the oh, big old KO pad. Boosh. <laughs> boosh. The thing is when they did the uh, the Nickelodeon one, for me, the, the absolute crippling blow is they didn't get voice acting. Whereas yeah. the old upcoming Warner Brothers multiverses, they've paid for all the voice acting. Like Kevin Conroy as Batman again. Which and is Tara cool. Strong as Harley Quinn. So it's like... Like if they get that right, that's like a level of charm that can make it work. So that's what I would say. If Microsoft are going to do Doom Guy against Master Chief against Soap from Call of Duty, then as long as they have the voices, then I guess I'd be okay with that. Is it me or is um, Doom is the Doom Slayer becoming Master Chief more and more and more? It's like, I don't know what is it's the same shade of green Swagger. in his armor now. And it's like, he's like getting more and more bits of armor as it yeah. goes along. And I'm thinking like, are you actually going to do a crossover where it turns out he is Master Chief? Well, that's, that's the thing, right? I mean, I said this after the Bethesda acquisition, but like how, how long is it until we see them side by side until Master Chief and Doom Guy yeah. are side by side for some reason, some stupid crossover, Freddy versus Jason style thing. Like, yeah. I would I would love that. Um, but yeah, in terms of stuff that Activision now own, I'll read you some IP. Um, that have been very much dormant for a while, and just, sure. just see what you think. Some of these are only one-offs, but they um, they could do something else. What do you think of Blur 
I'm doing a new Blur. Is that the uh, the driving game where yes, you get to like? Yes, very uh, stunty and arcade. Yeah, that was cool actually. I, like I enjoyed Blur. that. Yeah. I would, some of these I would just take an HD re-release. I think Blur yeah. could absolutely do one. <laughs> DJ Hero. <laughs> now, oh, see, I actually oh. really liked DJ Hero. Really? I okay. actually, yeah, I got that and DJ Hero too. Um, no. I don't think it needs a comeback though. I think we're done with the plastic peripheral stuff. Like Funnily we enough. did the Rock Band remaster or the Guitar Hero yes. uh, Resurrection thing that came out, and that was. It was a thing. It was that was that was them going like, oh, it's a legacy IP. That was in 2015, and then it was just they monetized the living hell out of it and killed yeah. it immediately. Yeah. It was just like yeah. that's not the right approach. And the live crowd format thing, where you just got <laughs> to see real people. I was like, I don't want to see real people. Give me the no. cartoony, over the top thing. I think if they did a free-to-play version of it, where I just don't know how you would necessarily because you need to buy the instrument, but some sort of monetization model that lines up with mm. Game Pass, where you're getting new, and say, oh, and also this month it's a content pack for this because this album's out or whatever. Yeah, maybe do something like that. Um, but yeah, D- uh, sorry, not DJ Hero. They also own a Gun. Remember Gun? I flipping well loved Gun. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. Like honestly, because I, I came off flipping, I came it. off the back of playing Red Dead Revolver on yes. the PlayStation Two, and then I got gun when i got the xbox 360 and i was right. like oh it's not as silly and over the top but there's some pretty cool features in it there's mm-hmm. a bit where like you're on this wagon and you're going through town it's like just a regular shooter um, shooting gallery style right. thing but i was like this is so silly and see fun. i I love, it. I love revolver and then when i played gun it didn't i one of my friends had gun and i just sort of went on it and i was like ah this is a bad red dead revolver mm. so i never like played it properly but i would go back to it now and they also acquired king's quest which i feel had a nice little run across the last oh, few years <laughs> i think King- again Wait, King's Quest as in the uh, the point and click game? Yes, the old Sierra. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I remember buddy Cedric the Owl uh, trying to give you him every single time. He would be like, oh, don't go over there, Prince. And it's just not like, don't tell me what to do. Oh, I've died. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were like, like the uh, newest ones were also notoriously hard. And they also acquired Prototype, which I loved Prototype quite a lot. The first one, not two, just the first one. Just give me big, dumb, stupid, attitude, new metal man running Why didn't around. you like the second one? Because it was just a clone. It was exactly the same. It was one of those games that was just the same game again, but with a different okay. protagonist. And um, I liked the whole thing in the first one where you were trying to figure out what was going on. Why are you all crazy and full of mutant powers? And yeah. it was like, you had to eat the right people to get the right memories yeah. to figure out where yeah. you came. I was like, that's a really cool idea uh, for an open world thing. I think um, I was just so done on the likes of Infamous around that time. So mm. I was just like, yeah, it's just the same. Oh, see, I, that's the thing when Prototype and Infamous launched together. I was, yeah. I was a Prototype guy because, of course, I was. But, um, yeah, they also um, acquired Singularity, like I mentioned before. Really yep. cool first-person shooter that deserves a re-release. Um, Soldier of Fortune, which hasn't been a thing oh, in a long ooh, time. I wouldn't Double be touching, I wouldn't be touching uh, Soldier oh. of Fortune with a long, smelly, poo-encrusted <laughs> barge pole because... I think that the that the, was like the gory, gory game. Yeah, it was gory day. for the sake of gory, and I mm-hmm. think nowadays it's probably not cool. I don't know. I, I don't know. There's, there's, <laughs> it's probably a, not. It's I'm, not I'm my thing. Somebody can correct me if I'm completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was like very gung ho, like go America, let's shoot oh, everyone probably. who was slightly different from us. And I was like, it's eh, probably not going to fly in 2022. I, I rented that for the gore because when I was younger, I was at Mortal Kombat and gore and limbs, and I'll get this. Yeah. And then I got Soldier, Soldier of Fortune and just blew limbs off for a bit and young me was like this is brilliant but i didn't know what was going on or why i was shooting people but i loved removing the limbs i actually uh, covered it in a glitch video uh, a while right. back which was um if you kill and uh, i can't believe i'm saying this if you kill the 
like women in this certain level, their awesome. death screams like go over and over and over again, like loop Brilliant. over and over, and they never stop. <laughs> so it's like punishes you for killing women. By that. As you should be haunted by the yeah. screams of yeah. the people that didn't deserve to die. Um, yeah, the Tony Hawks, they got time shift. They got Tenshu. They got, I think Tenshu deserves, some, like, I mean, I would do a Wrath of Heaven HD re-release, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the other ones that's worth throwing in here is True Crime. Um, because they have those the Streets of LA games, Streets of New York as well. Um, which maybe those games haven't aged very well. They were fun at the time, the open world crime boom of the day. Yeah, uh, they they were yeah. A, I, all I remember from True Crime One is the uh, uh bit where you get to the the level the mystical t- demon fight yeah, because that comes yeah. out of nowhere. That is absolutely bizarre, isn't it? Because <laughs> I just remember looking at the objective, and the objective is uh, destroy Woo's demons, and you're yeah. just kind of like, I'm sorry, what? Like <laughs> just randomly, like, like Christopher Walken, like chewing yeah. you out as a cop, and then you've got that, and then he turns into a dragon, and I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? It's here? the only like supernatural demon bit in the whole game. The rest of it's just this like mm-hmm. rush hour style like Eastern infused action film. But whatever that, yeah, true crime is is a bit all over the place and then Streets of New York barely sold anyway. Um, but overall, Jacob Wright with the next question, who says, what can PlayStation do to stay in demand? Also, can we have a sneak peek at the UBP mugs? Well, funnily enough, uh, we just submitted the uh, designs for them this morning. So I think we're going to be waiting until about February, it seems. And um, yes. we're kind of just flying by the, the seat of our UBPs at the minute. Because, I, think um, the, yeah. Yeah, I think the plan is, is that the designs are being approved by the bosses. So we're mm. sending them to the uh, manufacturer and we need to get a test sample to make sure that they actually look good because uh, mm-hmm. there's always a case where like, it's happened to me before with the stuff I do for Live and Let's Dice. It's like you put a logo on there, you think it looks good. It gets mm. there and it's like sat in the wrong place. And you're like, yeah, I was going to say, right, yeah. I'm glad I didn't put this out. It's like a massive <laughs> thing sort of thing. Because massive um, shout out to Rich Hudson for giving us the, because he made our original thumbnail yeah, back, back in day. And so he sent us the graphics. So I faffed about with that. I've had a big old faff and, uh, and I've made some, a wraparound graphic that we're just going to hope fits. And it's so going to be lovely. It looks so it nice together. as well. Uh, yeah, man, the actual wait. artwork is lush. Um, but yeah, what can PlayStation do to stay in demand? Now, this um, kind of, we had another question. Actually, I'll throw this in by uh, Dave sure. Go, Dave Goff or Dave Go as well, um, who says, is there a strong enough back catalog uh, of games for PlayStation's upcoming Game Pass codename Spartacus to compete? Uh, will Sony have to maybe scrap their exclusive business model? Um, this is interesting. What do you think? Like, what, what, what the hell does Sony do to combat this? And if they had a Game Pass that was every play like you know legacy of playstation <laughs> would that be enough well all i'm saying is is that uh, when i think of sony i think of my childhood because mm. of the fact that it was always the playstation when it was the playstation 2 uh and then i jumped ship around then to go to the xbox 360 mm-hmm. and i then got a ps3 but like those classic games uh, are so, so embedded in mm. what i think of when it comes to the video game industry that if they were able to do a game pass that uh, traded on all of those mm. they would have my subscription for life Same. like i know that there are ways to just emulate these games for free and i know that you can go out and buy the copies of it but to have every single hard-hitting stone-cold classic from the playstation one and two just era right on my latest thing like i would pay for that Especially if it was up-res models or yes. supported in a way that was like gave you uh, region differences between mm-hmm. like the PAL version and the um, the American version as well. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, like the um, the way that Nintendo have done the N64 app, where like, because of those games' file sizes, you can just store like a nice little mm-hmm. legacy, a nice little chunk archive of N64 classics and just jump between them. Like that's really cool, jumping between Ocarina to Banjo and back again or whatever. Um, they could absolutely do that, have a little PlayStation 1 executable or a PS2 executable on the PS5 dashboard. Um, and I think as well, I think if they get out there and do a really well-edited trailer, consider they'd have to get a lot of third-party approval for it these days. But, you know, you have Tekken 3 on there, maybe Soul mm-hmm. Calibur is on there, mm-hmm. um, or whatever 
whatever it is, you'd like you'd have a lot of smash cuts of like PlayStation history, and you double down on the fact that like like you said, they gave us our childhoods. Like we love gaming, um, like a large part because of them. Depending on which console you had, there's a lot of love to cash in on. I think yeah. that there's a way that that becomes the Disney Plus approach, where they don't then supplant it with enough worthwhile new stuff that like you know like lives up to the old stuff, even though they're trying Mandalorian, yeah. Boba Fett, whatever, I, but I, yeah. need to match it. Yeah. I would say that their approach should be, uh, every single like PlayStation one, uh, classic first, mm-hmm. and then they drip feed PS2 and PS3, uh, smash hits as it were to yeah. like do that because uh, that would keep the subscription model feeling fresh and interesting. Oh, I think um, they wrote, yeah, they maybe rotate through it. Like you just yeah. sort of go, Oh, this month, um, it's such an, cause then you would do the, the tie in with the third party. You do the marketing boost. Yeah. Um, you know, you do oh this month Tekken returns and it's all three Tekkens or whatever. Oh, so good. I would love that. And then you can yeah. then you do your trailers, you do your marketing blitz, like whatever. I, I would do that stuff. But yeah, there's like you said, there's so much to mine from those consoles. Like doing, doing SSX month. Um, yeah, get that'd EA, be amazing. Get EA to revive the big brand and do freak style and SSX and everything like that. I mean, no one's to say that Sony couldn't just uh, respond in kind and try and buy EA. If it had bought them, then they would basically, I mean, that, that would be a very expensive deal as well, but it would be able to. That's uh, the thing that's doing the rounds. Is in that, kind. Yeah, the thing that's doing the rounds is that they don't have enough money to do this level of acquisition. But then I saw um, other people saying, oh, it depends on how you like analyze the what money they have freed up because PlayStation's like a wing of Sony and how much yeah. Sony's in, involved in this. And, Whatever, Xbox obviously a wing of Microsoft too. Um, but yes, next question from Sustainable A. Aaron, who says, hope you guys are staying warm. Thank you. It is very cold, to be honest, at the minute. It is freezing. So, it is freezing. Uh, with the big acquisition, do you think we could get some super funky crossover games? Something like Halo slash Diablo or just more StarCraft? Dare to dream. Like I said, I think it'll be Halo uh, crossed over with Doom. I totally agree. I can fully see that the new uh, Doom mode mm. uh, sorry it's the new doom game coming out with a multiplayer that has the voiceover guy from uh halo coming oh, over guy. to do a slayer fest uh, <laughs> event so yeah. it was like i mean doom eternal still very much alive and kicking on the multiplayer scene like it's not as big as say some other things but they could even add like in a fiesta mode where it was like weapons and characters from uh the halo universe dropping yeah, yeah. in to say hi Sorry, I'm just, I'm having a brain fart because, which is, what's the opposite of a brain fart? Because brain fart means you forgot stuff. I'm having a brain uh, ingest. A mind suck. Yes, I'm having a mind suck. Because I'm just thinking all the problems Halo Infinite has, all their weird, like the Tenrai, the timed events, do it Fall Guys style and have um, have a Doom event. And you, yeah. you own all that stuff. You've just bought, like have a Crash Bandicoot event or whatever. Like let me put like armor pieces that come from Doom or something like that. They could absolutely do all that stuff. They could they could do it so that they do, because you know the Fiesta thing starts you off with mm. a random weapon assortment. You could yes. have it so that you've got Wumper boxes uh, around. <laughs> you've got to break the crates in order to get a different thing and it randomizes oh which Yeah. That'd that be would so be fun. genuinely incredible. I know that would take months to put together, but that would be a hell of an event. That would like almost single-handedly revive Halo Infinite. What they could do is they could take the uh, the Halo campaign map that they've got, which is very, very expansive. Mm. They could add in a kind of Fortnite-esque thing where like, once you download this piece of little extra content, mm-hmm. randomly, the Doom Slayer might arrive on your world as a high-value target. <laughs> and you've got to hunt him down, which could be amazing. Like I said, I, just, I think the amount of um, possibilities they have, that's the thing. I want them to, like overall, I want them to get have fun with it. Like They've just yeah. bought a ludicrous amount of IP. There's so many possibilities for this stuff. And they simply don't need to worry about getting permission anymore so you, no. would, you would just <laughs> they think they go to whatever they want yeah like i mean i like, do you think i mean this is a separate thing but it's like go to obsidian go to bethesda sit them down in a room both those companies <laughs> all of them make it's them all crazy. shake hands again 
and then absolutely get, crazy you know get that stuff to work again it's just like yeah like it is it is an insane thing i obviously get um you know the the massive downsides there is that risk of a monopoly there is the risk of um spencer when spencer leaves or whoever there's we'll yeah. wait and see how it all goes um but when you look at the state of the um the ip as it was the stuff that they've just acquired and the state of the studios as they were in um at the minute i maybe it's just the optimist in me but i i am optimistic i think that we'll get good stuff out of this yeah um because they need you to buy xboxes they need you to buy game pass so for the last couple questions, um, let's do one from McAllister NYC who says Xbox may have Activision, but doesn't PlayStation have the better controller? I prefer Oof. it because of the symmetry of the stick placement. Um, do you guys prefer the sticks like that or more askew like Xbox and Nintendo? Cheers, lads, and happy 2022. Now this is this is going to be a debate to to end all debates. But what do you, where do you come down on this? I unfortunately come down on the side of the Xbox. I think that it is a <laughs> phenomenally designed controller. It is ergonomic. It feels lush. I've got mm. at the moment. I'm rocking the. Uh, the Turtle Beach uh, Elite thing that they Ooh. came out, which is like based on the um, that's Xbox got the, controller. Um, is the, the separate sticks. They're not in the line. lovely, yeah, lovely yeah, yeah. flappy paddles. They're not in line. It's like it is one of the best controllers that I've actually used in a <laughs> long time. I'm not just saying that to shield them. I just genuinely think it's really good. Yeah, see, I mean, yeah, I would. Uh, I like both. I can say I like both equally. I do play the Xbox part as much as PlayStation. I'm going to go DualSense because I like a nice chunky sure. controller. And um, the bigger, the better. The haptic I'll... feedback thing as well is obviously very good. Haptics are great, and like, yeah, I just, I like, I said, I like a nice chunky controller. Give me the Duke. I, I bought a Duke for my Xbox, and then it didn't work. They, it, like, they didn't work. Sent me... <laughs> It refused to work. It didn't work. Although, if you look at the new Dukes, this is very such a specific reference. But when the original Xbox launched, there was a massive dinner plate size controller called the Duke, and oh, they I did remember. a re-release of it. Uh, it was for anybody else who's, who's you know not twenty or whatever years we are. Mm -hmm. And uh, that thing, if you buy the new one, it has an animation in the middle of it that plays the Xbox boot up animation, like in the yeah, middle of the controller. Cool. So that's cool. cool. <laughs> then when I finally got it, it didn't want to work, so I was like, uh... we'll have to send it back. But at some someday, I'll get another one. But yeah, I'll go PlayStation. You go Xbox. No doubt, sure. people will sign off. Uh, whichever one they prefer and last thing which isn't a question but more of a statement um kind of a question from aaron richards who says can we just get a massive r.i.p to every time i die just ending on a metal point because i know man metal, uh. metal core will never be the same again well apparently they had a huge bust up with jeff buckley the lead singer and i'm very upset about <laughs> it because like whatever is going on behind the scenes uh hopefully they can work it out mm -hmm. hopefully it's nothing too serious uh but i Honestly, Gutter Phenomenon is one of my favorite albums ever. Mm -hmm. I put it on regularly because of how abrasive and lo-fi <laughs> it is. I just I think that it's pure aggression wrapped up in a few very sparse, catchy jingle bits. And I'm like, oh, give me that hatred. Love it. I didn't realize how long they'd been going. Like they started in 1998. Yeah. And then yeah, long like you said, time. right now there's a whole um a whole back and forth going on where like the Keith Buckley, the singer, is arguing with the bassist and, and mm. whatever. Just enjoy the music. Just get just go back. And if you're a metalcore fan, you like aggressive music whatever go enjoy some every time i die and um, one of the greatest bands to ever do it but a little piece of advice for you my friends and yes. i know that it's one that uh, some of you might disagree with me uh if in doubt if you're ever looking at something like this never get a band tattoo just never, <laughs> never get a band tattoo like i'm just being serious i'm trying to protect you from future disappointments what mm. if your favorite band breaks up and you've got that on and you get sad every time you look at it what if See, something worse happens it. and it turns out that they're they're, they're baddies you know well, there I mean? is that I mean, as someone who has how many have i got three band tattoos i just think of it as like it immortalizes the love i had in the moment so as long as they don't mm. do anything horrific i'm glad i've got a lost profits tattoo but oh, like my man, metallic one my older bridge one and my slash one they're all fine so far so yeah. i'm just like that's not too bad but i think yeah but in, in regards to every time i die go check out their album they added one of their best albums so far last year i think maybe the year before but one of their newest I, ones was held up quite a lot it was it was uh, a very welcome return for them because mm. i put it on and i just you know what 
I thought to myself, it's been a long time. Maybe they're a bit long in the tooth. Maybe right. they don't have the energy. And I was like, oh, boys, But I guess works as like a perfect bookend to their entire uh, career. But yeah, overall, it's been a week uh, filled with Xbox Activision stuff, and it won't be slowing down anytime soon. There's nope. so many variables to this thing. So we'll see what happens across uh, between now and next week. And maybe we'll just do a follow-up. We'll just see what happens. But yeah. thanks massively to everybody who sent in their questions and talker points and stuff, because this has been the Untitled Banda podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tailford, joined by Jules Gill. Thank you very much for having me. Might I say, Scott? Yes. The UBP, the UBP, the UBP. The UBP. UBP. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye, everyone. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.